to Unbreak Your Health, the podcast program about the world of hope and health known as complementary and alternative medicine. I'm Alan Smith in Plano, Texas, author of Unbreak Your Health, the complete guide to complementary and alternative therapies. And our topic today is the Feltenkrais Method, and our guest is Mary Beth Smith in Houston, Texas. Mary Beth is a Guild-certified Feltenkrais practitioner and the director of the Feltenkrais Center of Houston. She is also a nationally recognized authority on the improvement of human potential and performance. Hello, Mary Beth. How are you doing today? Hi, Alan. Great. Thanks. Great to be with you. So I'll start with an easy question. Who was Dr. Moshe Feldenkrais? Moshe Feldenkrais is the originator of the Feldenkrais method, and he was an Israeli physicist and scientist and engineer who, as a result of sustaining some knee injuries from playing soccer and also from being a judo black belt, he was able to study the way he moved and through this process of learning how to be more aware of his own habitual patterns of movement, he was able to learn his way back to health and back to full functioning, walking without pain. And so that was the beginning of the Feldenkrais Method. Which leads me wonderfully into the next question. What is exactly the Feldenkrais Method? The Feldenkrais Method is actually a learning process that helps people to function and to think at a higher level. So that's kind of deceptively simple. Moshe Feldenkrais used very simple, very gentle, almost micro, mini movements as a way of directing attention and kind of focusing intention and action so that change can occur. And so people can do this work to recover from injuries or to maintain functioning when they're going through a disease process. It's also used by a lot of elite athletes and performers in the arts to sustain or to hone their competitive edge. And it's also done by a lot of folks who are just seekers of awareness and of human development and human potential. Moshe Feldenkrais was friends with Ida Roll when they were at the Esalen Institute in the early 1970s. He was. But even though some people say there are some similarities in their methods, they're really quite different, aren't they? Well, they look pretty different, and I think the overall goal was a shared goal, which is to improve human functioning. As I understand Rolfing, Ida Rolf has a platonic ideal of what that perfect human posture or alignment is, and that through emotional difficulties or injuries or or whatever that muscles tighten up and that you can, you know, there's a way to bring people into this ideal. Uh, Moshe Feldenkrais had a different view of the way to do that, and we don't have an ideal. We don't have an ideal alignment, and so we're not viewing people as having a pathology or something to be fixed. We work with people where they are to help them do what they want to do in their life. So we're not a massage method. We don't prod or poke or, you know, go into deep tissue at all. We do very gentle movement just as a way of directing the attention of the person to that particular part of their body. And lots of times, you know, it's the whatever the internal wisdom of one's body and one's internal intelligence that can kind of reorganize those patterns and the person is out of pain or is functioning at a higher level. 
Feldenkrais said that self-knowledge through awareness is the goal of re-education. And as we become more aware of what we are doing in fact, and not what we say or think we're doing, the way to improvement is wide open to us. Isn't that just a great idea? And I think it's pretty revolutionary. It's pretty subversive to read some of what he says about improvement being infinite. He really put a lot of trust in human beings to know what is right for them and to be able to make changes. And he also said, if you don't know what you're doing, then you can't do what you want. So, yes, primarily, I would say the Feldenkrais Method is a really effective means of developing awareness on many, many levels. And awareness can be very healing. And it's a very different approach and concept. It is. We're really outside of the medical model, although there are Feldenkrais teachers who work in medical settings, either through a physical therapy clinic or some of the large rehabilitation centers. There are people who have a background possibly in physical therapy or in massage or some of the other more medical art. Uh, And there's also sort of the poetic artistic strand. I came into the work through the performing arts and we're all trained the same way and work in a variety of settings. And so the main difference is that we take you as we find you. You know, there's an intelligence in there. There's a complete human being who can learn and anyone of any age can do this work. And speaking of any age, it's said that the Feldenkrais method is one of the most gentle types of body integration therapy, which is one of the main reasons for its popularity. It's very gentle, and so it's pretty ideal for folks who maybe have gone through the physical therapy process or at some point they find that they don't tolerate it very well because it's just too extreme. And Feldenkrais can be a wonderful preparation for physical therapy or for Pilates or yoga or any of the other things that are suggested that people do for the general health. Feldenkrais can help people to get an overall body awareness and fluidity and grace and just kind of an understanding how things work so that they're not working against themselves or against a physical therapy protocol. There are actually two formats of this work, the group classes of awareness through movement and the personal sessions of functional integration. I'd like to start with the awareness through movement, if I could. I understand that people begin laying on their backs and learning to scan themselves to examine the contact of their bodies with the floor. Is that correct? That's terrific. Yes, most lessons do. Awareness through movement can take place with people lying on the floor. There are lessons with people sitting in chairs. There are also some lessons that are standing. So, you know, if somebody had an injury or is older and doesn't think they can get down on the floor, that's not a barrier at all to being able to do the work because there are lots of lessons and lots of positions. But typically, yes, watching an awareness through movement lesson is like watching paint dry. It's so minimal, you hardly think that anything is happening, but it's all an inside job. And so usually we lie on the floor at the beginning and the teacher will will sort of set the tone and begin to direct the attention of the class just to themselves. So each person on the floor is having a very individual experience within that group. And I call it sensitivity to initial conditions. You know, it doesn't make sense to leap into something and just start changing and fixing a bunch of aspects of yourself when you haven't really checked in to see what's working well, what feels good, what feels particularly comfortable, and can we maximize that. 
and then the lessons are usually maybe 45 minutes to an hour long, and you experience a sequence of movements that starts out just as a kernel, just as a tiny idea of a movement, and then expands, and there are variations on that movement, and and often at the end of the class, there's kind of a surprise or uh, an, an outcome that you wouldn't have expected at the very beginning if you were just looking at that first movement. So it's creative, and it's quite amusing sometimes, and people always get up off of the floor, and they feel different. The functional integration part of the method is different. It's actually a direct contact with a practitioner teaching the patient's body how to organize and change movement. So that session, is it also customized or is it a standard program? Feldenkrais teachers don't work according to a protocol. And so, you know, also we're looking at the person that we are working with as the student or really more accurately as a learner and we're facilitating their learning rather than treating them. And it's a kind of a fine distinction, but one that's really attractive to me because I think it enlists and enrolls the learner in the process of their own improvement rather than expecting it to come from an external source. So to me, as a Feldenkrais teacher in those private sessions, I'm really more of a tour guide to the learner's own body and experience and sensations and awareness. But they are customized. Some of the uh, functional integration lessons can begin very much like an awareness through movement lesson. In fact, Moshe Feldenkrais devised over a thousand different sequences of movement that are these awareness through movement lessons. So they're for every part of your body, from the top of your head to the tip of your toes and everything in between. And so very often a functional integration lesson will start with perhaps a segment of something that is from awareness through movement. And then with an individual, you can go much deeper. Functional integration also uses touch as well as verbal instruction. Listeners, if you're enjoying this podcast, then you'll love my new book. The second edition of How to Unbreak Your Health is your map to the world of complementary and alternative therapies. It features a new user-friendly format and 339 new and updated listings in 150 different categories. And you can get it on Amazon.com or at your local bookstore. Practitioners also use a variety of tools in the functional integration sessions because my wife's therapist recently used a board on the bottom of her feet in order to teach her how she should walk properly. And she was fascinated that when she stood up, she walked differently. Absolutely. Yeah, it's funny. I use a book. I think Moshe Feldenkrais originally used a cheese board. So (laughs) it's really high tech here. You know what I mean? It just shows you don't need all kinds of electronic equipment and feedback. And, you know, uh, although all that stuff is fascinating and it's terrific for research purposes, you can really sense a lot just through your own body. And the purpose of the tools or the props, we sometimes will use a board or a book to create a false floor for a person. So, you know, your wife was probably lying down on a low table and the practitioner just put a book on the sole of her foot to simulate standing. And so there are a variety of positions and experiences with that, all very gentle and all very curiosity-producing, and it does create a change. We also use towels. We use rollers. We use gardening kneeling pads. (laughs) 
blankets, you know, all kinds of things just to support the person and increase their comfort. Moshe Feldenkrais said that a person is actually made up of three different entities. The nervous system, which is the core, the body, which is the skeleton and muscles, and the environment, which is space and gravitation and society. How does his method work with these three entities? That's a great question. As I think about that, this gets kind of into the sort of the around the method that is also part of the method, and that is the way we think about things and the way we talk about things that has an influence in outcomes. And so in language, we have to talk about those three elements in a linear fashion because we can't say everything at once. You know, we have to have one sentence about the first aspect, one about the second, one about the third aspect. But in actuality, those three elements work as a system, the nervous system, and the brain, the skeleton, and the person in the environment, in relationships, and in society, it's a system. And in systems theory, you know, if you make a change to one part of the system, everything else is going to be impacted. And so that's why I think the Feldenkrais method is kind of difficult to research in terms of outcomes because everyone is an individual with a completely individualized nervous system completely individualized personal history in terms of the bumps and bruises and uh, and learning processes we've gone through uh, that have affected our skeleton and our posture. And then we all are within an environment and a family system and a society that also affects us on the emotional level. And so we never quite know what the outcome, precise outcome, will be at the end of a lesson, but we do know that things begin to reorganize within the system. And so perhaps people will, you know, in addition to their shoulders stopping to hurting, they find that they're more creative at work or they're able to think more clearly or they're not yelling at their kids as much <laughs> or, you know, it could be almost anything, but, uh, but there are amazing physical changes also in terms of the experience of moving and also with Thinking and sensing and feeling all comes together. How are practitioners trained in the Feldenkrais method? The training process is highly unusual and it's immersion training with spaced repetition. So it usually takes place over three or four years. We have internationally approved training processes that are fairly uniform in some aspects, which is it needs to be 160 days over four years. So typically people will travel to a training site for three weeks or four weeks there of intensive experiential learning in awareness through movement and also in uh, learning how to do the hands-on work of functional integration. And then after that period of time, you go away for several months and read and practice and learn in the areas where either the trainer has suggested that you could use a little more background in or perhaps during the training, uh, your own curiosity gets tickled and you want to learn more about some aspect of anatomy or physiology or neuroscience or psychology or any of the contributing uh, disciplines that fold into Feldenkrais work. And then you come back for another segment and the learning deepens and expands and broadens 
after two years of the training, then practitioners are kind of uh, they get a they get the training training wheels <laughs> uh, certification to be approved to teach the group lessons in in awareness through movement, and then at the end of the four year training, they are certified to practice the complete method along with functional integration. How many practitioners are there in America today? You know, I'm not sure. One figure that I've heard is that there are 5,000 worldwide, more or less. I would say there are probably around 3,000, maybe in the United States, between two and 3,000. So we're not uh, we're not on every corner like Starbucks yet. But if you are near a, a major city somewhere, we're starting to have more practitioners. And the best way to find a Feldenkrais practitioner is probably through the Feldenkrais Guild website at www.feldenkrais.com? That's what I would suggest. There's a search function, and if you live in a small town, I mean, one of the things that you can do is just enter the first three digits of your zip code, and it will give you practitioners, you know, all in that geographical area. If you just enter a particular town, uh, particularly if you come in a small town, the search results may come up that there isn't one near you, and it's just kind of knowing how to work the search. But, yeah, you just type in your, your city or your state or your zip code, and it'll get out a list of people for you to call and talk to, and they'll be delighted to help you do whatever it is you want to do in your life at a higher level. I know you came to the Feldenkrais work through your background in music. How does that influence your work with the method? It's really been a fascinating addition to my professional life, and I did come to the work through the performing arts. I taught voice at the university level for a number of years, and I was a little bit dissatisfied with the traditional means of working with performers, which usually, you know, you have the, the master teacher who supposedly knows everything and just tells you what to do and then you do it and it's all supposed to turn out right. And I found that a lot of students were just having difficulty using their body as their instrument, which is what you have to do if you're a singer or an actor. And uh, even if you play an instrument, you know, you have to mold your body or, or your body has to dance with that instrument to, you know, to make the most beautiful outcome. And so I found Feldenkrais' work as a wonderful way of just helping performers to relieve stress on the first level and then to become just more and more attuned to very subtle changes in their posture or their breath flow or the amount of muscular tension they had, you know, here or there. And they made amazing technical and artistic improvement. And so uh, it was after a non-related uh, but medical emergency of my own that uh, I had been on some pretty powerful medication for about six months and was not able to sing during that time. And after going off the, the medication, I was really worried about my voice coming back. And coincidentally, I ended up on the faculty of a, of a voice workshop, a summer program, where lo and behold, there was a Feldenkrais teacher also on the staff for that uh, week and I went to her class every day and that I was there and by the third day I went into the practice room and tried to sing a little bit and my voice was coming back and by the end of the week everything was back pretty much to normal. So that impressed me, and I decided then that I wanted to find out as much as I could about this work. And a year later, I was in a training program, and then here I am. 
I'd like to thank you for taking the time to talk with me today about the Feldenkrais Method. I appreciate your time. Thanks for the opportunity, Alan. And anyone wanting to learn more about the Feldenkrais Method should check out the association's website at www.feldenkrais.com. You've been listening to the podcast edition of Unbreak Your Health, discovering the world of hope and health known as complementary and alternative medicine. I'll be back next week with another edition, but to learn more about our guest today, please visit the podcast page at www.unbreakyourhealth.com. We'd love to hear from you about this program. Please send your questions and comments to info at unbreakyourhealth.com. This program is a joint production of Unbreak Your Health and Loving Healing Press. Thank you for listening. I'm Alan Smith, and I look forward to being with you again soon.